Most relationships begin with a lot of talking and not so many frustrations. Welcome to dating. But as the communicators continue in their relationship, complexity increases. Welcome to marriage. Sometimes one of the partners becomes silent. He becomes quiet while the other partner is left to speculate on what happened. In this case study with Biff and Mabel, they are at that place, but they are not without hope. There is a way for them to navigate the quiet contours of the non-talking husband. Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. This is your one and only, your singular dose of Your Daily Drive as we have dialed back to once a week. And we started that a few weeks ago, but we are we have dialed up our Life Over Coffee podcast. And so if you're not if you're not subscribed on your favorite podcast platform for Life Over Coffee, please look it up. And if you're having trouble finding it on a platform that you prefer, let us know so that we can make sure that you have access to all those resources because we are really tr- I am really churning out a lot of Life Over Coffee because I can now. Uh, It's easier to do a podcast than it is to write an article, but we will continue with your daily drive for the indefinite future because we do want to produce article content, even though I do realize that articles are more of a thing of the past, comparatively speaking. People had rather listen to a podcast. They'd rather get their information on the go, and they will do that, or they will watch a video, and then articles are like, Well, they're like choice number three for the majority of people. Over 70% of the people that tune in to our resources do so from a mobile phone, and that's one of the reasons that people are reading less, or at least reading less online as far as articles are concerned. I'm not suggesting that people are reading less. They can read books the old-fashioned way, which is really the way that you want to read anyhow. And so therefore, we are doing more in the podcast arena, doing more in the video arena. And I just want to thank you for the enormous uh, reception and the the, the enormous number of folks who are coming to our ministry from all over the world. And I appreciate your appreciation, and I appreciate the benefit that you are deriving from our content. I received this note just Recently from Lee in Fort Myers, Florida, he said, Rick, thank you for this fantastic ministry. As an ACBC certified counselor, these resources are extremely valuable. Looking forward to the revamped website for downloading charts. Lee from Fort Myers, Florida. What Lee is talking about, we have been over the past several months. We've been moving our resources from behind the paywall. I'm giving away my life's work. I'm giving away my intellectual property. We, we want to move it out from behind the paywall. We've done that with all of our videos. We've done that with our podcast. We are now 
do uh, we've done that with our articles and we are in process as of this week we're working on the landing page to do that with the charts that lee is talking about as well as all of our other graphics we have well over a thousand graphics of all sorts of information and we're moving those out into the public domain lee thank you for your kind note and I'm glad that you, as an ACBC certified counselor, you are benefiting from them. I want everyone to share our resources far and wide. And so thank you so much, Lee, for doing that. I received another note. I, I will not call the name of this person because it doesn't uh, seem appropriate. But the individual said, I find myself in Mabel's story wondering what God has for me to do in educating other women who are in the same place. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for sharing uh, that note. Uh, you, you're not the first. There have been a lot of men and women who have talked about uh, they're either Biff or Mabel, and Biff and Mabel have become quite popular within our world, and they do relate to so many people, and that's why I want to talk about uh, this little communication problem that Biff and Mabel have in their in their marriage. I do want to get right into it, but I want to go back to what Lee was saying. Thank you for moving the resources from behind the paywall. One of the reasons that we well, a primary reason that we're able to do that is because we have people who underwrite our ministry financially. Of course, we don't have enough people, and so we are rolling the sovereign dice. Those of you who have contributed, uh, you know that we are in the middle of a fall campaign that we'll be wrapping up at the end of December. We have just under $10,000 that has come in. We're trying to raise 50000 so that we can do the things that we need to do in the coming months and throughout 2021. And so we need $40,000 as four people to give $10,000 apiece or eight people to give $5,000 apiece. Well, you can do the math, but if you can give, please do that. And for those of you who have given, thank you so much for your kindness we are one-fifth, almost one-fifth of the way there toward our $50,000 goal. If you want to read this article, this podcast, you're welcome to do it. The title of it is How to Navigate the Quiet Contours of the Non-Talking Husband. When Mabel brought Biff in the counseling, she said he, he doesn't talk. Now, that's what Mabel said when they arrived. Now, Biff was with her, and he, he was not... Well, he was not saying anything. And so I asked, I said, maybe, and this is, by the way, a typical question that I would ask anybody when they present a non-communicative spouse or a non-communicative individual. I ask, he doesn't talk? Really? Is he mute? Now, the real truth was that Biff does talk, but he does not communicate with Mabel. He speaks to Mabel, but he only speaks to her about business-related things, scheduling-related things. That is the, the warp and the woof of his communication. You know, like, where were you? What, what, did you uh, what did you do? What took so long? How come dinner's not ready? You know, those kinds of things. And they have lived this way for so long that Mabel began to believe the lie that she was perpetuating that he doesn't talk. Now, on one level, she knew that, that he talked because she had heard him talking many times to 
other people about things that he enjoyed. It felt better for Mabel to say that he didn't talk, that he didn't communicate, rather than admit that, well, he does talk, but he does not talk to me. It was too personal for her to ponder. And so she cast it off as Biff being Biff, or that's just his personality. Now, other times she would play the generational card, and she'll say something like, well, his daddy was like that. And you know, when sometimes somebody will say that to me, you know, I was born that way. Well, I was born that way too. We were all born broken. We were all born dysfunctional. Biff was born like his daddy, and his daddy was born like Adam, and Adam fell in the garden, therefore we're all fallen. But I understand what Mabel is doing. The problem is that in time, she she began to believe her self-skewed interpretations of Biff. Altering the truth became her new truth, which is a delusion. Anytime that you alter the truth, now you can do that episodically and you can revert back to the truth, but if you do that as a pattern, that this is how this is the new way that you think, well, eventually it will become a delusion and you'll become blind to your blindness. And I'm not saying that Mabel was at that point, but I do understand why she was choosing to say it that way. And since Biff was not going to engage his wife in meaningful conversations, well, okay, she spun it so it wouldn't hurt so bad. I get that. It's hard to accept the truth about ourselves or about our situation sometimes. Anytime a person begins to make up stuff and is not called on it, they will drift from the truth and they'll drift from the clarity of God's word. And Mabel was drifting. And so as you can see within this case study, there are more than one issue. It's not just Biff not talking, but Mabel needs a needs to reset. She needs to come back to what the truth really is so that you can move forward and hopefully helping this couple. But Mabel had resigned herself to a third-rate citizen on Biff's talk list. She had convinced herself that, well, it's it's okay. That's Biff being Biff. It's part of his personality. The truth was she had a stubborn and immature husband on her hands. And rather than trying to get him to change, she just quit pleading. Not only did she quit pleading, she she twisted what she was observing. And she let him be that way. And And, of course, she didn't feel as bad about his daily rejections. Now, that strategy worked well until his disappointments in the marriage continued to mount, and she came to the place where she couldn't take it anymore. The irony is that while they were dating, she would cover for Biff by saying that that he was quiet. For those of you who are dating and you're thinking about marriage, I want you to think about this. Don't cover for your boyfriend and just say that he's quiet. I mean, it's true. Biff was not a social animal during those early dating years, but it's also correct to say that he had not submitted his personality to gospel transformation. Remember, we're all broken. We all have issues in our life. We all have areas that we need to change. And so you see this pattern in Mabel's life early on. She would cover for him, ignorantly, unwittingly, and say, well, he's just, you know, he's just a, a quiet person. Then later on, she rounded the corners off the truth again and, and said he just doesn't talk. And that, again, made her feel better about the reality of what was going on. 
Now, for Biff, he is a quiet, pers- quiet person, and that is his personality, and it's important that you understand this. The opposite of quietness is not necessarily becoming a talking head. Sometimes quiet people think that. I am a quiet person, and it shocks people sometimes to know that. I'd rather not talk than talk. I'd rather sit in the corner than to put myself out there. I am not a social animal. My wife is. Talking is not comfortable for me. But I had to come to terms with the gospel because a quiet Christian is an oxymoron. And so there is times where I do have to talk like what I am doing now. But for me, it is work because it never has been easy. And Biff is probably like this as well. He's not a social animal. But you can't cover for him and just say this is how he has always been. Biff has to come to terms with the gospel as I had to come to terms with it. And I had to be less self-centered and more other-centered, which means I'm not going to be a talking head. That's not my personality. I wouldn't be able to do that well. But I have to experience gospel transformation. Biff does not understand this need in his life. The gospel came to transform us into Christ's likeness, and though we will be unique in our transformations, we will be the same in that we must be less selfish and more concerned about others. This motivation will spur us on to make the necessary changes to live well with others. Again, I will never be a social animal. It's just I'm not wired that way. It would be fake. It would be awkward. It's not something that I could sustain at an energy level, but I can still change. I can still be social in my own unique way. I still must experience gospel transformation and be a talker as appropriate and when when necessary. A non-talking husband is a selfish husband, or a non-talking spouse is a selfish spouse. And by the way, Selfishness does not isolate itself inside one specific personality trait, like the non-talking husband. If only my selfishness would isolate itself to one area of my life and not try to dominate every other area of my life, that would be, be kind of okay. But selfishness is a sin, and sin never isolates to a single location, like, like I'm just going to be selfish in the talking area, I'm going to be a non-talker. No, sin is the spiritual equivalent to cancer. You give cancer an inch and it will take your life. You give sin an inch and it may take you to hell. Sin shows no regard for the soul, but will seek to destroy it. The vigilant man or the vigilant woman will will go to war before that happens. After 17 years of marriage, Biff is feeling the ravages of his selfishness. He has not been able to contain his sin to just his tongue. His selfish ways have advanced to other areas of his life, which has worn out Mabel, and she's crying for help, which is what this case study is about. And though Biff does not like counseling, honestly, it's the best thing for him. It's the best thing that can happen to him at this juncture in his life and in his marriage. He needs somebody to help him break free from the bondage of his selective selfishness, meaning he chooses when he's not going to talk and to whom he's not going to talk to. He's too preoccupied with himself to do anything about what's happening. So good for Mabel for bringing him in to get some help, some third party, some intervention here. 
Now, here's something that I want you to think about here, because you could go to a, to, to a wrong place in this case study. It would be unwise to think Biff is the only guilty party in this marriage. This podcast is addressing the sin of silence. I am just addressing one thing, the sin of silence. But there is Mabel. One of the questions that I would want to ask, and and depending on her maturity and ability to ask the question, you'd have to adapt it and ask it in a specific way that it would not offend her, but you need to explore how has she contributed, how has she tempted Biff to stop talking to her. Though his sin is not her choice or her fault, I am not saying that Biff's silence, that you can map that over Mabel and say she's guilty of that. No, 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 she's not. That's foolish, unwise, and unbiblical. But many wives in a situation like this will be a complicating factor that they have contributed in some way. And if you want to do soul care well, if you want to disciple this couple well, then you have to do it comprehensively. Again, I'm not placing Biff's in on her, but I'm also not going to place hers on him either. And I want to explore both of those appropriately, as you should if you really want to help this couple. Now, as far as what I'm talking about in this podcast, the title of it is How to Navigate the Quiet Contours of the Non-Talking Husband. I'm talking about a silent spouse. We know that Biff can talk, but he has been choosing for nearly two decades not to have meaningful conversations with his wife. The question is, will he change? Well, I am not sure. I really don't know. But I do know that if he is going to change it, he has to start with his relationship with God first. A person who does not have a meaningful communication with their spouse has an immature relationship with God. You need to prioritize here. Yeah, you want to factor the marriage in, but that's going to be secondary, secondary for right now. Because there's something wrong with Biff's relationship with the Lord, and so that is the absolute starting point. God is a speaking God, and God created Biff in his image, a speaking God, a communicating God. Biff's responsibility is to imitate God in specific ways, and communication is one of those aspects where he should be emulating the Lord. If he chooses not to change... Well, minimally, it will point to something wrong between him and the Lord, the Lord that he professes to follow. If you're going to help Biff, you want to discern why God does not have more power over his tongue than whatever it is that's hindering him in his other relationships, specifically with Mabel. You don't want to ignore his other relationships, specifically his relationship with Mabel, but you must prioritize the relational problems. More than likely, you will discover other things that have come between him and Mabel. You'll also learn that Mabel is partly responsible for her role in the deterioration of the marriage. As I mentioned earlier, you want to do comprehensive discipleship, not placing his sin on her, but you need to look at this from every angle. If you make this an exclusive Biff 
problem. You will not help him or them the way that you intend. And so prioritizing the problems while isolating the issues to work with the individuals uniquely are vital necessities if you want to restore this marriage. And so let's start with prioritizing. The first and the most important thing is his relationship with God. Imagine if God did not talk to us. Wouldn't it be a mess? Surely it would. There was a time between the Old and New Testaments where God was not speaking. These were the silent years. There were 400 of them. These were years when God's people were not sure what was up. Silence will do that to you. If you live with someone who is not talking, you have no choice but to be curious about what is happening. What are they thinking? Silence creates this kind of mystery which can lead to unwarranted suspicion. Typically, when a person is silent in a relationship, the other person will supply the interpretation. It can go like this. Why is he silent? I don't know. It must be because... Fill in the blank. Do you see what just happened? You have a silent partner. A a silent partner is a temptation to supply the interpretation. And so why is he silent? I don't know. Must be because. Fill in the blank. If you're choosing not to speak, you're putting the other person in the position to fill in the blank. You don't want them speculating about what you're thinking. I don't want people speculating about what I am thinking. I mean, most of the time, they'll be wrong about what they supplied for your thoughts, but you have left them with no choice. The best thing for the silent partner to do is fill in the blank themselves. Don't leave your silence for someone to speculate about what you are thinking. I mean, for example, if the speculator, if Mabel in this case, let's say Mabel's insecure, well, guess what? she will likely fill in the blank according to her insecurities. What that means is she might even accuse you of something that you didn't do because, again, she's supplying the interpretation of why you are quiet, and because she is insecure, she can make an accusation that's not even true. It may dumbfound you as to why why she would say such a thing, but if you had communicated with her in the first place, there would be no temptation to upload your silence from their ignorance. And you could say, well, they shouldn't supply an interpretation. Well, that's just not how life works. We are a community, and you do this all the time. Uh, you, you, you think about why somebody did X, Y, and Z, and, and before long, you will be making speculations about that. Well, that's just how we are. That's how it goes. But there's a way of getting around that. Don't be silent. The cure is to step up and speak up, letting your spouse know what you're thinking. Please don't put them in that position of speculation. Teenagers do this all the time. They won't talk. And the parent has to guess what is going on inside their heads. It is unkind of the teen, and it lacks wisdom. They could stop a lot of problems from escalating by simply talking. And so speaking is a leadership matter. God leads us by his words. We cannot know anything about the Lord if he is not talking to us. Mercifully, he gave us 1,189 chapters of material to figure out who he is and what he wants for us. We call that the Bible. 
And the reason we relate so well with God is that he's a great communicator. He does not leave us in the dark. We're apprised of what's up, and we don't have to worry about his thoughts, his opinions, his preferences, or his commands. Bill and Mabel will have to decide if they're going to imitate God in their marriage. Biff will have to start by being more verbal. Now, more than likely, Mabel will have to address any sinful patterns that attach to her, uh, to his lack of verbalness or attaches to her verbalness. If either one of them chooses selfishness over other-centeredness, they will impede their imitation of our communicating God. Now, as far as how they got here, to this juncture after 17 years of marriage, I'm not exactly sure how a man and a woman quit talking to each other. It's different for each couple. That's why you have to explore it uniquely and individually. Most partners seem to start well on the first date, and and then it goes downhill from there. Maybe they tire of each other. Perhaps they disdain the daily mundane life, which tempts them to seek new adventures. Life is quite mundane, you know. Dating is fun, and it, it, it changes. It's a never-ending story. And, but then when you get married, you get into the, the mundaneness of life, and sometimes that can tempt you to seek new adventures where you begin to shut one person out as you open up doors to other areas. But regardless of how they arrived at silence, the solution is straightforward. It lacks understanding and application of the gospel in their lives. The gospel is about a person, Christ, who came from his place to our place to transform us. If a silent partner understood and applied this good news to their marriage, the silence would disappear. The gospel-affected soul wants to leave his place, wants to leave his personality, wants to lead. Well, he's always been a quiet person. Well, they want to leave that. I wanted to be a gospel-affected soul, and so I couldn't hide behind, well, I'm just not a social type. I've always been kind of shy and kind of quiet. No, I wanted to be a gospel-affected soul, and so I had to leave my fallen Adamic place and go to another place to help transform other people. Talking is a gospel activity. Typically, the silent person does not understand this basic practicalizing of the gospel in their lives. Biff will have to come to terms with this truth to find the motivation to speak with Mabel in meaningful ways. I suppose if you could replay Biff's early dating conversations with Mabel, you will find traces of anti-gospel motivations inside of those early conversations. And I'm not suggesting that these early conversations that Biff had with Mabel were wrong. I'm not saying they were wrong at all, but I am saying if you don't have the gospel on the tip of your tongue, you could progress down a bad path of poor communication and never realize how you got there. Let me give you a few possible reasons that Biff was a talker when he first met Mabel. Here's just a short list of motivations for talking, and all of these do not have the gospel in the center of them or as the primary motivator. He talked to her because it was stimulating. Okay, good. That's fine. He talked to her because he was checking her out. Yes, amen. He talked to her because he loved the conquest. Okay, that's normal. He talked to her because it made him feel good to engage a woman. Yeah, sure, I'm glad. 
He talked to her because it was fresh. It was new. It was different. He talked to her because he could get her to laugh. Good for you, Biff. He talked to her because he liked the idea of romance. Praise God for that, too. He talked to her because it was... It was shallow and safe, and there was no hard stuff between them, as early dating uh, typically is. Now, I'm speculating, of course, but it's not hard to imagine these motivations for communication. But at some point, the gospel must come front and center if they want to endure well to the end. Shallow, exploratory, curious conversations are fun, but redemptive conversations provide the endurance needed for any lasting relationship. Biff, like the rest of us, needs a gospel motive adjustment. And as that happens, he will begin to learn that life is not about him primarily, but about putting himself in a position of benefiting others, especially Mabel. There is a sacrifice to the gospel. Christ died for us, and we want to emulate this aspect of the gospel for others in an echo kind of way. I mean, Bill will not have to die for his wife as Jesus died for us, but he will have to die to himself. As he thinks about what's involved in being a redemptive communicator in his marriage, perhaps part of the issue is his stubbornness. Maybe Mabel is a difficult person to have as a partner. It could be a combination, but regardless of the conflict, Biff cannot be silent all the time. If you're married to a silent partner, you you can do little to change the person because repentance is a gift from the Lord. But however, you, you can address whatever things you have done that have contributed to your relationship's social distancing. The worst thing you can do is consider yourself a victim, and I would not want Mabel to do this. She shouldn't do this. It would be wrong for her to consider herself a victim. The same gospel that must motivate Biff must motivate us to position ourselves, to be in a place where we can cooperate with God in the transformation, hopeful transformation of our partners. The title of this podcast is How to Navigate the Quiet Contours of the Non-Talking Husband. I have an extensive call to action at the end of this podcast. If you're in a communication bind with your partner, or with anyone else, I would encourage you to work through some of the questions that I have here for you. They will benefit you greatly, and if you need further assistance, you're welcome to come to us. You can come to to our forums. We have free community forums, and we would love to advise you as we can. Thank you so much for listening.